This is week number three uh, in our Kingdom Story series. We're looking at uh, the parables that Jesus told. Today we're in Mark chapter 4. We're going to entitle this Kingdom Response. Kingdom Response. Uh, I think you probably recall, if you don't, uh, let me remind you right now, The eye is still pretty sensitive to light. Hopefully that will go away soon. So uh, here we go. Uh, Got a little Blues Brothers look going today. Brent told me last week that was NASCAR. I said, okay, we'll we'll have to flip that up a little bit, okay? Uh, Today we want to begin, I want to begin with a couple questions. Have you noticed that some people around you seem totally indifferent and hard when it comes to Jesus and the gospel and God's word. It's like nothing that you can say, nothing that they see interests them much in knowing Jesus and having a relationship. And if you say anything or if they see anything they can't explain, it just bounces off and they move on and they're just not interested. Have you noticed there's people like that around you? And then, at least for me, the ones even more perplexing are the people who oftentimes come and they're a part of us here in church for a while, and the best you know, they made a decision to invite Christ into their lives. They uh, raised their hand, they signed a card, they walked an aisle, prayed a prayer, And for a while, they really seem hungry to know Jesus. And they even sign up for classes, and they're all in. And then pretty soon, you look around, and and they vanished. And you give them a call, and usually they have a dozen excuses why they're not here. But uh, you keep looking, and you keep calling, and you realize they're gone, and they're not coming back. And then you hear... Uh, Well, they kind of went back to their old way of life, and and you never see any interest in them, in Jesus, and God's Word, and the gospel again. The question is, what happened? What happened? How do you explain those types of people? Mark chapter 4 has answers for us. Isn't it good that there are answers in God's book? Jesus explains today in parable form the different conditions of the human heart. Different conditions. He's going to talk about four different conditions of the human heart. Open up Mark chapter 4 with me on your Bible app, on your phone. Uh, In your Bible, if you're watching online, you have a tab that says Bible, and you can actually go to Mark chapter 4, and it'll be right up there on the screen for you as well. So if you're able... Would you stand with me, please? We're going to read the first nine verses of Mark chapter 4. Ready? This is God's book. Let's declare it out loud together. Here we go. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake. While all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out 
to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still, other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. We recognize that you are indeed the awesome king and creator of the entire universe. And there are hundreds of billions of galaxies which you spoke into existence, and every one of those galaxies has hundreds of billions of stars. And Lord, we just acknowledge you are awesome. And for some reason, you are interested in puny little us. So thank you that we can know you personally. Thank you that we can worship you in song. And thank you now we get to worship you as we open up your book. Would you, would you speak to us today? We need to hear from you. We need to uh, understand what's going on in this parable that you told by the lake. And Lord, even though you told it a long time ago, it's still alive. It still has relevance. It still can make a difference in our lives. So Lord, help us to hear clearly from you today. Would you point out what it means to us individually and in our families? And Lord, point out what it means in the church family as well. We also recognize, Lord, these are really interesting days. And sometimes we get so caught up in today that we don't pay attention to sin. When our, our lives, our, our hands, our eyes, our minds have fallen and tripped into sin. So would you point that out right now? If our lives are smelly, if our lives are dirty and gross because of sin, would you make it clear right now? For us to do business with you, for you to do a work in our lives, we need to be in right relationship. So Lord, we, uh, we're listening, and as you point sin out, Words we've said, attitudes that we've uh, uh, had going on, actions that we shouldn't have taken. Uh, Lord, would you point that out? And we're going to run to the cross right now. And every one of your children here today, all who know your son personally, Savior and Lord, you've marked your accounts paid in full by the shed blood of the Lamb. Wow. So Lord, right now we want to draw on that account. We want to write the check of confession. What you're making clear, you call it sin, we call it sin too. And as we confess, Lord, you've told us you wash, you cleanse, you purify, you tear down any walls and barriers between us and you. And we 
we praise you for the gift of confession and repentance in getting clean with you. And all the church family gathered today at Walloon Lake said with one joyful voice, you can be seated. Very possible, got that picture, here we go. Uh, This is what they were seeing while they were gathered there on the lake, the Sea of Galilee. Very possible, I would even say probably likely, farmer there is sowing seed, tossing the seed to his left and his right, hoping the seed would land on good soil, okay? No modern technology, you understand that, right? Uh, They didn't have tractors, GPS, the perfect rows, none of that. Instead, they would just throw handfuls of seed, and some of the seed would land on good soil. Some of the seed would land on really good soil and it would take root and it would produce a good harvest. But some of the seed that was thrown landed on bad places, uh, places that weren't helpful for allowing it to take root and bring. Some would get kept caught by the wind and now suddenly it's landing into a place that wasn't good for producing a crop. But this is key, are you ready? The yield, the harvest of the farmer depended on the condition of the soil where the seed landed. Understand that? It mattered where the soil was. All the seed was good, the variable was the soil, okay? So all of the seed that was sown, it was good seed, but oftentimes it landed in some bad soiled places. The disciples were a part of the crowd. Look at verse 1, and they're listening to that parable that we just read out loud. They were confused. It says, they didn't understand what Jesus was talking about with this parable of the farmer and the seed and the soil. So when the disciples get back alone with Jesus, they ask Jesus, hey, Jesus, would you explain what you meant by that parable? Go back to Mark chapter 4 with me. Start with verse 14. Here's the explanation. The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. And as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away that was sown in them. Verse 16, others like seeds sown on rocky places hear the word at once receive it with joy, but since they have no root, they only last a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Verse 18, still others like seeds sown among the thorns hear the word But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the desire for other things come in and choke the word. Verse 20, others like seed sown on good soil hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. 
Luke chapter 8, verse 11, parallel passage, tells us the seed that was sown is the Word of God. Got it? The seed represents Jesus and His gospel and His kingdom. So the farmer is sowing the Word of God about Jesus, the truth about the kingdom and the king. That makes, give me your eyes, that makes the farmers those of us who share God's word. The farmers, who are they? They're those of us who share truth about Jesus. When we share the good news of Christ to those that we come in contact with, we're the farmers in this parable. Everybody who sows. Uh, Every person who knows and follows Jesus is called to be a farmer. If you know Jesus as Savior and Lord, if you're following Jesus, then you should every day be sharing the truth with everybody around you, living the truth, shining the truth, loving like Jesus. That's what it means to sow seed as you go about your life, okay? Everywhere you go. We don't manufacture the seed. We don't make the seed. The seed is the truth of God's word. Got it? It's what the king and the kingdom, Jesus Christ, has done in us. That's the seed. And our responsibility is to share and spread the seed everywhere we go. Tell everybody what Jesus has done, what he's doing, what he did on the cross for me and for you, how he shed his blood for our sin, took our place in the grave in early Sunday morning, arose from the dead. Our duty is to love like Jesus and tell everybody around us about Jesus, okay? Our assignment, everywhere we go, more seed I'm going to spread. I'm going to keep on spreading the seed because the more seed we spread, the more fruit we produce. Want to say that with me? The more seed I spread, the more fruit I produce. Say it again. The more seed I, the more I produce. I'm going to ask Pastor Chad to come on up here for a minute, okay? Six years ago, I have to tell you, um, I used this illustration and nearly put somebody's eye out. So I'm, I'm going to, that's true. Uh, so I'm not going to be quite as zealous with uh, throwing as I was last time, and I'm going to get my, my mask out. Um, here we go. This will be interesting. Which, which way are you going to go? Are you going to go over there? Yeah, right. I've got mint. Okay. So here's, here's what it represents, okay? Everywhere you go, you're just spreading seed. Well, what does that mean? It means when... Here you go. We'll, we'll uh, let you, we'll let dad be the catcher, okay? There you go. Uh, when you go to work, spread some seed. When you go to school, students, what are you going to do? Did I miss you? Sorry about that. I want to be equal opportunity with this, don't you think? And, and we're, 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 can I just give me your eyes? We're lifesavers, literally. Or, uh, we're going to love like Jesus, right, Pastor Chad? And we're going to, those are holy kisses he's passing out over there, yeah. Hi, Jerry. Hi, Hillary. Welcome. Right over there, everybody. 
I'm going to try to not put your eye out, Charles. Right over there. Hey, Raj. What am I doing right now? Everywhere I go, I'm talking about Jesus. Okay? When you're on Zoom, what are you doing? You're talking about Jesus. You ready? Here we go. Nobody's eye out. Did you get one there? Okay. Is there anybody up in the balcony? <laughs> Spreading seed. Hopefully I didn't put anybody's eye out when I did that. That's a lot of fun. It really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Farmer spreading seed. Here we go. You got that? <laughs> Sorry about that, Greg. <laughs> nearly, nearly killed you. How are you, Carol? Hi, Cindy. How are we doing over here? Did, uh, did you get some chocolate? Nice. I'm just about done. Going to empty out my seed bag. <laughs> This is fun. Don't you think we should do this every Sunday? <laughs> okay. Why did we do that other than because it was fun? <laughs> Everywhere we go, that's what we should be all about. When we uh, go to the basketball game, when we go to hockey practice, Charles band practice, talking about Jesus, loving like Jesus. The key to this parable is to understand the human heart is the soil. The human heart is the soil, and he's saying here the condition of a man or a woman or a child's heart determines their response to God's Word. The condition of that human heart determines our relationship to Jesus and the God and how we'll respond, okay? There's four different soils. We've got a chart up here. Put it up. Some fell on hard ground. Let's talk about hard ground for a moment. Verse 4 tells us that the birds came and ate the seed. What's that all about? Well, then you slide down to the explanation. Verse 15 tells us, Satan and his demons are the birds. They control this world system we live in. And hard-hearted people, people whose hearts are hard and cold, the, the seed is quickly snatched away. And Jesus and the gospel that's been shared with them quickly evaporates and it's gone. And interesting, hard-hearted people, that's where they're at. Dirt becomes hard, why? Lots of people have trampled on that dirt, and over time, lots of feet have walked on the ground, and over time, I should look at the time, good, it becomes hard and becomes a path, okay? Track with me now. People who allow everything in this world to just trample all over their heart, they allow anything and everything into their lives, into their minds, into their hearts, Pretty soon, all of these influences fill up our hearts and our minds, and we're in danger of developing a hard heart, okay? Proverbs 4.23 says it this way, above all else, guard your heart. <laughs> it's the wellspring of life, it says. 
above all else, guard your heart. Just a minute. Wow. You talk about complicated. (laughs) And can't see a blasted thing. (laughs) Andy, get this on the next video, the blooper one. Wow. Yeah. Eye patch next time. That's right, Jeff. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, it's good, all right. It's good for a laugh. <laughs> Let's see. What are we talking about? <laughs> Proverbs 4.23. Not going to do that again. Above all else, guard your hearts. Now just track with me for a moment. Expose your heart to witchcraft and sorcery and the occult and Ouija boards, and you can just keep going there. Expose your heart to atheistic, humanistic philosophies. Feed on that New Age teaching, healers. Expose yourself to chanting and Buddhism and Hindu practices. Uh, Listen regularly to music that exalts sin and garbage in your life. Um, feast your eyes on pornography and, and sexual deviancy. What do you expect but a hard heart over time? Tracking? And, and, and we wonder, where, where does that come from? It's because they've allowed everything in this world to just trample all over their heart and their mind. Parents, grandparents, all sorts of influences want to tread on your children's hearts, your grandchildren. You understand that Satan, it says, he's the part, he's the big factor here in hard hearts. He wants your children to develop hard hearts. That's his goal. Therefore, if you just let them do anything and everything you can expect over time, hard hearts in your children and your grandchildren. And and I just need to say this, and an hour or two on Sunday morning is not going to counteract all that they've fed all week long. You you get that, right? An hour or two on Sunday morning is not going to mitigate all of the garbage they've consumed all week long. So I say this with love, and it's not going to probably feel, so pulling your toes, I'm about to step on some. Um, Some of you parents, some of you grandparents need to grow a backbone and quit trying to be your child's friend. Be their parent. They need a parent. They need someone who loves Jesus to protect their hearts. If you want your children to grow up and serve the Lord, then part of your duty is to guard and protect their hearts and not allow anybody and everybody to come in and trample on their hearts because that makes hard hearts. We want Jesus to be front and center. We want our children's hearts to remain soft and receptive to following the King. Amen? Isn't that what we're all about? And that's what we want for our children and our grandchildren. Well, that means we have some responsibility to help protect them and their hearts. Second type of soil 
shallow soil described in chapter 4 of Mark, verses 5 and 6. That's talking about seed that lands on dirt that's shallow and thin, okay? So that would be just a little bit of soil and there's rock right underneath the soil, okay? Um, these people receive the seed of Jesus and the cross and the empty tomb with joy. Track with me. They pray a prayer. They walk an aisle. They sign a card. Um, they make a decision for Christ. They may even sign up for a class or two, but in time, it doesn't last. Why? Here's what it says. When trouble comes, bless you, when difficulty comes, when they lose their job, when a loved one dies that they've been praying for, when someone to church at church is not nice to them or one of their children, uh, when they pray they wouldn't catch COVID and yet they and their whole family get it, suddenly now they're not too happy with this Jesus stuff. Trouble comes, difficulty comes, and it says they drift away from Jesus in God's word. They quit coming and being encouraged by the church family. Why is that? Give me your eyes. I'll give you mine for a second. They have no roots to sustain them in the tough times. Got it? They, they've got no roots down deep to help them through times of difficulty. Here's the application. If we tell people when they come to Jesus um, your problems are over. You're, you're a Christian. You're, you're going to be healthy. You're going to be wealthy. Everything's wonderful. That's a problem. Why? Look at verse 17. Look at verse 17. When trouble comes. It's not a maybe. It's not an if. Look what Jesus says. When trouble comes. Trouble and difficulty are part of a life lived in a sinful, fallen world. Which means we need to train and teach and disciple those who come to faith in Jesus, help them get their roots down deep into Jesus and God's word. Why? Because when the storms come, and the storms are going to come, Jesus told a parable about that, then they can handle and survive the storms of life. Third type of soil. Verse 7, the thorny, overcrowded heart that's described in verse 7. Seed, the word of Christ that falls in weed-infested dirt. Now, verses 18 and 19, slide down there. It says there are three things that uh, cause this seed to get choked out or squeezed out. These are the type of weeds, if you will. First of all, the worries and cares of life. Secondly, the deceitfulness of wealth, chasing after stuff, got to have this pretty thing, got to have that shiny thing, that's my priority. And the third thing that chokes out, this is kind of good, is the desire for all sorts of other things. Fill in the blank. Fill in the book of faces, your favorite video game, sports, hobbies, Netflix, uh, lots of things, whatever it is you're chasing that's not Jesus, just squeezes out the desire to know and live for Jesus. The divided and the distracted heart 
It reminds me of a young man who says to his true love, he's promising marriage to her, I don't have a yacht or a Mercedes Benz like Billy Brown, but I love you more than anything else in the world, and I want you to marry me. She thought for a minute and replied, I love you with all my heart too, but tell me more about Billy Brown. That's a divided heart, okay? Lots of people comes to Jesus. I like this. I want fire insurance. I don't, I don't want judgment. I, I don't want to avoid hell. And, and yeah, I'd like to get my ticket to heaven, and, and I'd like to walk the streets of gold. That sounds pretty good, but I'm really scheduled right now. I'm really busy. I got lots going on right now. Maybe I'll make room for Jesus at some more convenient time. I know, I know what you're saying. It's probably true, but, but I'm just too busy. When life slows down, maybe when I get older, then I'll think about following Jesus strong. It's a thorny, overcrowded heart. Fourth type of soil is the soil that Jesus says, verse 8, multiplies and grows and produces a harvest. Matter of fact, this kind of uh, soil produces a harvest that's 30 60, even a hundred times the amount of the seed that was planted. Verse 20, folks with soft, receptive hearts are open to Jesus and his word and the gospel, and they're willing to follow strong. They're willing to be good farmers and live a fruitful life. That's the result. Maybe you're thinking, well, what kind of fruit do these people produce? I'd start off with the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's the sort of thing that hangs on their life. They, they are always sowing seed. They're always saying, you know, wherever I go, I want to talk about and love like Jesus. Can I just say, um, I've thought a lot about Uncle Roger this week. And, and the more I think about Uncle Roger, it's exactly the kind of life he lived. Everywhere Roger went, he was talking about Jesus. And even in the hospital, last week of his life, he's, he's sharing Jesus with the people who are coming into his room and giving him shots and having him do um, all the rehab that he was trying to do. I'm just telling you, that's what we're called to do. Everywhere we go, we're shining bright for Jesus, splashing, talking about what Jesus has done in my life. You don't do it. You don't have to do it rudely. Don't do it uh, forcefully, but you can do it with love and grace. Speak the truth. 10.03, three closing thoughts. First of all, our assignment is to spread the word. That's what we're called to. We don't manufacture the seed my job, your duty as farmers, talk about Jesus, how he's changed you. Share how Jesus took our place on the cross, shed his blood, early Sunday morning arose from the dead. I've given my life to him. He's changed me. He'll change you too. Second, closing thought. The more seed that we spread, the more fruit that will be produced. The more seed, the more opportunities daily as you're just spreading seed, the more fruit 
is going to land on some good. Yes, some of it will land on hard ground, and, and some will land on thin, shallow ground, and some will land on people who are way too busy and overwhelmed, the thorny ground. But here's the truth. Some of the seed is going to land on good soil. And some of that seed will take root and look out because now they are going to multiply and grow and fruit will abound. Third uh, closing thought. You and I are responsible to take care of our own seed and our own garden. Think about that with me. Okay, so now you've said yes to Jesus, so now it's my responsibility to make sure that I don't allow the weeds to come and choke out Jesus. My responsibility to make sure my heart stays soft. Make sure your heart stays soft. Stay daily. Remember what we started off this morning in the prayer is, Lord, show me sin Make it clear, make it obvious. I, I don't want anything between me and you. That's a part of keeping your heart soft. And then you do the U-turn and you confess and you ask Jesus to wash and cleanse. That's keeping your heart soft and clean. Finally, it's our responsibility to nourish our hearts. Stay daily in God's book. Um, got a smartphone, get on you version and make sure you stay on your knees and get into a Bible study with some folks and you can study God's word together. And men, if you're interested, see me and we'll get you connected. We have one for men going on right now. And finally, how do you, how do you nourish and keep your heart clean and pure? You stay connected to the family. Did you know God's plan for today? Give me your eyes. I'll give you my eyes just for a minute. It's the church. Why do we need the body? We keep encouraged. Our hearts stay warmed. Um, when we get isolated and disconnected from the family, bad stuff happens. That's why Hebrews is so interesting. Hebrews 10 says, spur one another on towards love and good deeds. We need to be doing that for each other, not giving up the habit of meeting together. So part of the way we tend our hearts is to stay connected to God's plan for today, which is the local church. Two questions. How's your heart today in relationship to Jesus? Have you taken time to think, Lord, how's my heart? Is it soft? Is it receptive? Is it nourished? Is it in relationship to, to the church family. Second question, when's the last time you intentionally spread some seed of Jesus on people around you? When's the last time you intentionally loved like Jesus and showed the love of Christ and shared the love of Christ with the people around you? Are, are, you, are you a willing farmer or are you a reluctant farmer? Is it, is it time for you to start splashing and sharing and spreading seed? Bow your heads. Shut your eyes as we close. Lord, we invite you right now to apply your book and this parable to our hearts and our lives. Speak. Speak.
We're listening. Lord, thank you for the power of your word to teach and instruct and correct us as your children. And Lord, right now we just acknowledge sometimes we're reluctant farmers. We're afraid that somebody with a hard heart might snap at us. Somebody that we love um, we've seen have a shallow heart and, and they seem to have run away from walking with your son. Others, Lord, they're so busy, the weeds of life are choking out living for your son, Jesus. Lord, help us to make sure we're tending the garden of our hearts well. Lord, help us to watch over the gardens of our children and our grandchildren. And if you're here today or watching online and maybe you say, you know what? I, I don't even know if I'm that fourth type of soil. It could be I'm showing some signs of, of perhaps being a hard or more likely shallow or weed-infested heart. If the Lord's knocking today, maybe you need to re-invite King Jesus in. Might have signed a card, raised a hand, prayed a prayer. Jesus didn't take charge. Didn't change you from the inside out. Come back in, Lord. I open the door of my heart. Take charge of my life. I receive the seed of the gospel took my place on the cross, shed your blood for my sin problem, took my place in the grave and early Sunday morning victoriously arose from the dead for me. I believe that and I receive the seed of the gospel with joy. Take charge. And Lord, I want to follow you strong. Take root. I want to see a harvest begin. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for your word. Explains and answers hard questions. It's in Jesus' name we pray all these things.